everybody, this is Al Nash from the Direction You Empowerment Dynasty, and you're listening to the Unapologetic Women Podcast, the show for female entrepreneurs who love to live their legacies unleashed, unlimited, and unafraid. If this is a community you would like to be part of, check out directionu.co forward slash unapologetic. Today, we're talking about the shadow of judgment with Mandolin Moses, who is a creative executive producer, curating events and supports businesses all over the world to thrive and prosper. She believes that life should be lived in our genius, creating harmony that spreads love across the globe and beyond. We're going to be discussing everything from shadow consciousness of judgment, the fallacy of spiritual and personal development, the great reset, the innate wisdom as women, what love really is, and power legs. Thanks again for joining us, Mandolin Moses. Let's get this conversation started because I think even the gold always lies in in the shit that we talk about before we hit the record button, right? Because that's when we actually say what needs to be said majority of the time because we're not scripting um and so i want to delve straight into this conversation and we're going to keep this really casual man because at the end of the day this show is about unapologetic women being unapologetically real like let's stop all the crap of pretense and having this oh yeah what people expect of you and you know what this is like the perfect time to have this conversation because what's transiting right now in the cosmos is the I Ching code of consciousness of 18, which the shadow is judgment. And so right now, people at right now in this particular, in the collective society are subconsciously um, in a space of where they're experiencing judgment, where they're afraid of judgment, or they're making decisions based off judgment, which has to do with acceptance, um, not being real and authentic and true to themselves because somebody told them that they need to be this way or somebody told them that they need to do things this way. Um, You know, and it's like, and then you tell me, well, I'm stuck or this isn't working or I'm not happy or this or that. Well, because you're not being true to you, because somebody out there said, oh, I've got this system, I've got this thing, and it worked well for me, and I made a bunch of millions of dollars, but you don't know what they look like behind the 40 screen of fakeness. You don't know what's going on in their life, in their business, in their bodies. You have no clue. But they come out there and say that they know this and then you go and follow it and then you're wondering why it's not working because it's not true for you. And right now, the shadow of judgment is being boiled up to the surface right now for it to be transmuted into something higher. And so, yeah, having this conversation right now, this particular timestamp until Tuesday, that's where collective society is, is in the shadow of judgment. And I want to I want to actually go in here because I speak to so many people and they all kind of go, yeah, absolutely. I get it. You know, let's all be authentic. Let's love myself. Let's do this. And, but when I look beyond what they are saying, they're still not getting it. And I want to bring compassion into this conversation and just that, that honesty in it took me fucking decades of doing the deep work consistently, continuously, every single day, allowing myself to immerse in the concepts like self-acceptance, self-love, getting to know myself, being me, all of those things that collectively we are chanting but not getting, to finally Mm -hmm. get to that space of, oh, shit, this is who I am. When I peel off, generations of conditioning when i peel off my entire childhood 20s 30s masks that i had accumulated in that time and get to my moment of lying sobbing on the grass 
because there's just fucking nowhere else to go anymore. That's when the journey only started for me. And what I have come to realize is that those of us who really are living unapologetically have normally had multiple fuck the shit moments. <laughs> do you mind sharing some of yours? And do you agree with this? Like most people are, are talking the talk, but they're really not understanding the depth of what we are referring to when we are talking about judgment, self-love, getting to know yourself, being authentic. You know, let me just say this. I'm going to start with this. The fallacy of spiritual and personal development. That we're here to be in service to others. That's the biggest crock of shit that's ever been told to us. For those of us who are here, um, that are here to, to do the work. We're not here to be of service of others in such ways like, oh, I'm here. I want to do this and this and this. So the second, what do people do, Elle? The second they have a breakthrough, what do people go do? Oh, I'm here to do this for everybody else. Let me show you the way. But you haven't integrated it. You haven't imbibed it. And you sure as fuck don't understand it. I'm going to come back around with this story because I really want people to freaking really digest the words I'm about to say. Um, the other day, I, um, I'm working on an event right now called Lust, right? And the event is a very sexy event reminding us that life should be beautiful. It should be a beautiful life, abundant luxurious all the things that in spirituality we've got to be minimalistic we got to do this we gotta whatever because that's not godly or holy or spiritual but it's like really so god created suffering but he didn't create abundance hmm that's weird but anyways um and also god didn't write the seven deadly sins man did so you guys use this word lust yeah that's my little tangent for just a minute there anyways i am redoing this book cover for the client that i'm working with or my business partner and i'm working with this woman uh, or i had an interview with this woman who has a publishing company and, you know, I'm an executive producer, so I've got a hundred things on my plate right now because my event is two months away, so I can't do everything, okay? So anyways, I'm on the phone with her, and I said, I've already got it designed. I just need you to do this. Why are you, if you can already designed it, why do you need me to do every, this for you? Because I can't do everything, and I know that. So I need you to do this for me. So tell me how much it costs. I'll pay you. Go get it done. Well, you know, I don't think that I'm the right person to do this project for you. Really, why? Because you don't know anything about my event. So how do you know if this event is for you or not? Oh, because of the name of it. Because of the name Lust, it's like, you know, it's all about sex and, you know, and side note, how did you get here? just saying <laughs> not through last no 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 we just did our duty <laughs> yeah no not through sex you're a virgin your mom's a virgin everybody's on the plane grandma great grandma you're all virgins right so i know sex is so bad but anyway <laughs> um so we um anyways so she's like, because the term lust and it's about sex and da da da. I said, well, you know, if you knew about my event, it's called it, you know, the foundation we're supporting is life is worth living. And the reason why it's lust is because the things that we desire, they're a birthright to have. And we're here to live a beautiful, luxurious, abundant, happy, prosperous life. And the proceeds to the book that I'm asking you to redo go to 
a charity foundation called Life is Worth Living, which prevent which provides education around mental health and to prevent suicide. She's like, oh, my late husband killed himself. Oh, so this event isn't for you? But I still don't like the name of the, the event. But I do love the message behind your event. Oh, well, that's that's odd. Right? So number one, she made this like initial judgment, right? But she's out there being of service to everybody. But has she imbibed it? Has she learned it? Is she living it? No. The work that we do for ourselves is for ourselves. The personal and spiritual growth that we do, it's for us. And through the healing of our own hearts, we serve millions of people. The peace we find within ourselves serves millions of people. Why? Because we're no longer projecting our shit onto other people. And then therefore that's how we dissolve more into the whole of others, of everything. It's not an active thing that we do. It's a way of being which is exactly what the event is about sexiness isn't physical it's a way of being it's a frequency of living and it's, it's a very it's a very freeing frequency of living and i love how you say that it's not about it's about us being right and and one of the, my messages to people and that's why i say live your legacy not leave a legacy there is so much responsibility that is required for us to stop living for other people i'm finding it's way easier to say oh, i'm going to leave a legacy it's external i'm going to help other people i'm going to be in service to other people it is a way of bypassing the work that needs to get done in order for you to come home to self yeah. when you say i'm going to live my legacy i'm going to live my best life for me i'm going to heal my wounds understanding that when I do so energetically the collective gets healed energetically the collective gets expanded the collective gets uplifted mm -hmm. that that can feel really heavy in the beginning because it's like oh my god that means I can't blame other people anymore I can't shame other people or systems anymore because if I take full responsibility I take full responsibility for fucking everything. And that's a huge right. pull for people to swallow. Do you think that that is why there's so much resistance even now, even in the spiritual community of people to stop serving everybody else and actually just start focusing on self? Oh, it's easy to look at how broken, oh my God, look at my friend Alice, she's so broken. But all I'm doing is looking at you and telling myself how broken I am. That's all I'm doing. And it is, it takes a lot, of, it takes a it takes a lot of guts and courage to tell, you know, it's like to tell people that, hey, I'm not perfect, but you know what I am. Thank you, God, for bringing me L to show me, show me like my imperfections so i can live my life in greater integrity so i can see myself as perfection thank you for that and the other way and, and i'm going to share this with our listeners because mandy is also my um reflection of beauty and reflection of the good shit, which is so often challenging for me to recognize in myself and we receive people who inspire us and who we look at and go, man, damn, I so admire Mandy for being unapologetically sexy because you are sexy as fuck. So <laughs> unapologetically badass, so unapologetically outspoken, so unapologetically fabulous. 
And then having you sometimes just leaving me the voice note to go, hey, girlfriend, this is what I see in you. And then I go, holy shit, yes. Because we can only see in another that which exists within ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so it goes both ways. If we see the shadow, we must also be willing to see the light in others because both exist as reflections of what exists within us. You know, it's, it's, it's harder to see the light than it is the dark. Like, go look out in nature. It's like, you can go look at the moon all day long, right? All night long. And you're just like, oh, the moon is so beautiful. But it's like, no, don't you go dare look at the sun. You know, but you, you also know sun gazing is a thing. But no, some man said, oh, no, if you go look at the sun, it's going to burn your eyes. And the sun is so bad. It's going to give you cancer. It's going to get really because that's how we grow is by looking at the light, by absorbing the light. But somebody told us that the light is bad. I mean, think about think about everything in the world, all the messages we have about how bad the sun is. But then yet, the entire cosmos of the world revolves around the sun. And that's the only way our universe survives is because of the sun. But do we hear anything good about the sun? Very little. And, and when we start questioning everything we hear, not necessarily having to make it wrong, but just kind of going, ah, is that really true? Like, how does that feel? Does it really feel like amazing when I believe that story and then allowing that? Well, actually, no, it feels like shit. So let's go a little bit deeper. What is another possibility for this? Like when I started doing that, everything in my life changed. And so often I hear people state things as the absolute truth <laughs> because right. some experts said that this is how it is. And I go, is it really or is it really true for them because that is their belief and so they create evidence for that awesome kudos to them is that the evidence i want to create for myself because i have to say majority of the truths that people are just accepting and even now like everybody is saying oh this is just the new normal we are just going to forever live not touching other people and, and i'm like really is that really the world that you want to create through your beliefs? Because sure as fuck is not the world I want to create, right? And, and again, it's not about judging the people, but we have to start judging the actions and we have to start judging choices and we have to start judging what we are hearing and absorbing and allowing ourselves to take on as our beliefs. Because if we don't judge that as right or wrong for me, if I just accept instead of going, well, actually, no, I am the creator of my own life reality and experience. Do I want to take that on for me? Then, you know, we are still living in shadow because we are too afraid to be that powerful. We are too afraid of people turning around going, who the fuck do you think you are? You are, you don't have 20 billion followers. Therefore, you don't know what you're talking about. And so what I'm finding is that women like us have the strength to be unapologetic without having to be on the big stages to validate us in our strength, in our truth and in our choices. You know, it's such a good point because you know, you and I both can attest to this, you know, prior to, you know, we're, we're in a period right now between 2020 and 2027, where we're in a period called the great reset. Okay. Or the great change, but basically it's like, God's like reset button. You know, y'all went a little crazy for a little bit and I've been kind of just like watching, but it's like, nah, we need to reset big red button came out reset and not to get too caught up into that story but I lost everything everything my business crumbled my relationship five-year relationship that I was in crumbled um 
I had gotten the opportunity of a lifetime, got picked up for a TV show to host and co-produce this television show out in New York, supposed to get my place in Manhattan, supposed to be living the dream right now. And then this act of God came in and just took it all away. And I was upset about it at first, but then I heard this voice in my head and it said, it's time for you to get objective. And I was like, all right. And, you know, and I thought it was going to be this short period of time. No, I went through three years of the dark night of the soul. Literally, it was like, all right, do you say yes? Are you ready to walk through hell? I was like, I, I, I can, I, I'm literally creating this right now as a performance for my event. So you'll be able to see it. And I was like, oh, man. Whew, I can't say no to this. What's going to, you know, so I, I had, I, I swear to God, had a, a long sleeve sweater on, sports bra underneath it. I was in the middle of meditation. You can say yes or you can say no. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to say no. Took my sweater off. I'm in my sports bra. And I was like, all right, let's, let's freaking do this. But you know what came out of that? The biggest thing? I had to find my value in the face of having nothing. I could not hide behind my vanity, could not hide behind my relationship, could not hide behind my health. I could not hide behind my money. I could not hide behind my voice. I could not hide behind my friends. I couldn't hide behind my car. I couldn't hide behind anything. Everything was taken. I couldn't hide behind my looks. Nothing. Everything was gone. Can you still find value in yourself in the face of having absolutely nothing to lean on, but just you and your being? My friends, my business partners, my colleagues, everything was gone. I was in isolation. But do you still have value? And that is the hardest lesson to freaking learn. And so to go back to the question you had asked before, right? Or what I was leading up to before was we're not here on this planet to serve others. And when this woman came into my life and was like, oh, I don't like this word. Guess what? I can use that word because I'm no longer hiding behind sex. It no longer drives me. I'm able to transmute that into higher energy. And guess what? My womb no longer attracts. This weekend, I'm, oh man, I went to dinner, had a beautiful dinner. This man was exquisite. Oh my God. I was like, oh my God. Years ago, I'm like, I'm marrying you. But he's a waiter. And nothing wrong with him being a waiter. But I know now I'm not carrying a man. I won't marry a man who's not in their genius. And although you are, if I were to draw up the perfect man, physically, you'd be it. But you haven't found your genius yet. My womb no longer accepts that because it's no longer imprinted there because my DNA has been uplifted. Your personal and spiritual growth is for you. Don't come at me with your religion. Don't come at me with your money. Don't come at me with your looks. Don't come at me with any of those things because I'm no longer impressed by that. What is what it what drives me is the peace that I find in my heart. And I listen to spiritual teachings um, or go to church at least five days a week. So don't come at me with your religion. Because every day I listen to those teachings and I imbibe them as much as I can every single freaking day. And I know whatever it is that I'm going through, it's for me. So I can return home. 
this body is just for rent. My home is there. It's the freedom that I get my get out of free jail card when I die and I get to go back home. So everything that I do for me and the peace that I find in my heart, even if I'm sitting in a cave, heals millions. That's what service looks like. I don't need to go online and instantly share my experiences like I used to do anymore. Or like when people live, oh, I live vicariously through you. When I heard that enough times, I was like, I love that I'm able to inspire lives, but I don't want you to live vicariously through me. I want you to go live. So guess what? I'm taking myself out of the equation and I'm doing me without taking photos, without posting that online, without doing that, I'm living my life. And because of that, I get to shine so bright. And that brightness spills over onto others, whether you say, oh God, I hate that woman, or I love that woman. You know what? But at the end of the day, I'm no longer afraid of my light. I am always the sun shining every single freaking day and you will never put out my light and I will no longer diminish my light because you're uncomfortable by it. You go do you boo and you go ahead and be uncomfortable with the light, but I ain't going to stop shining. I'm just going to get brighter and 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 brighter until I burst out of this body and just become a big old freaking shot of DMT and I'm off into the cosmos back to my planet where I came from. Love it. Love it. Love it. And, you know, I kind of look at the last couple of years, last few years, and so many of us had to go through that, had to lose everything, had to lose fucking everything and for me the big lesson in that multiple lessons in that but one of the biggest lessons in that for me was as a high achiever when i have nothing left to lose i make the most powerful choices understanding choice is the ultimate power and that as long as i had me i can always rebuild i can always create so Society lost its power over me when I willingly lost everything society told me I need in order for me to be okay. Yeah. And I found that even when I had nothing that I thought was required, not only was I still okay, I was in a really good emotional space eventually. Eventually. Let's not say it was like that the whole journey, because when your, your flesh feels like it's rotting off your bones, that's not pretty and it doesn't feel good. But once all the flesh is gone and you've got the bones and you go, oh my God, this is where the diamonds are. I'm okay. I still have choice. I always have choice. That is so powerful. And when you come back from that, you stop needing to help everybody else. Like I no longer want to work with people who put me on a pedestal and go teach me what you know because i want to get to where you are i'm like mm, no it's time for all of us to get into a space of acknowledging our genius selves and then play as peers again exchanging yeah. these gifts these genius gifts with each other so that oh. collectively we grow where do you want to take the conversation next I really want to touch on the innate wisdom that we do have as, 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 as women. And we do get so caught up in this judgment of others, of what our value is, or giving our power away to this institution, to this doctor, to this religion, to all this, right? Um, because as women, we're constantly feeling like we're being judged all the time. And, and the truth is, the, the truth, right, is that we are. And that's not going to change because that's just the world we live in, right? Um, but one of the things I always say is, you know, 
play the game, witness the game, but don't be of the game. It's like chess, right? You don't just go and move your chess piece. You gotta like, you gotta always be 10 steps ahead. And when we're able to innately listen to the wisdom of our bodies and that somatic calling that, 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 that we are, we're somatic beings, and we're able to tap into that, we move out of judgment and then we're into a place of discernment. Out of the place of the head, and then we're letting our bodies be the guide. Because when we're constantly up here thinking, which is, it's, it, our body, our mind can be a great tool and a great asset, but it works for the body. And we, women, we're feelers. We've got these like little feelers. And we gotta, we gotta use these feelers. We're not supposed to be up here making decisions from this place of judgment. We gotta be discerning which comes from the feelings and the, the, and the signals that come from the body, the wisdom of the body. But society tells us otherwise because there's all these rules that tell us this is how we're supposed to do things. But does it feel right? You know, I had um, my, a friend of mine, she, uh, she does my hair sometimes. And she's my sister's best friend. She's pregnant. She's 38 years old. She's a single mom. Uh, and she's also overweight. She goes to the doctor Friday. And the doctor is like, I wanted to induce you a couple weeks ago, and I'm going to, I, let's see, if the baby's not out by Wednesday, we're going to induce you. Literally forcing her to schedule the appointment. And actually, the doctor was trying to force her to schedule the appointment Friday when she was there. He was actually left the office for a little while to go make the phone call to tell the hospital to force her to come in to induce. Well, in the United States, uh, uh, health care is a big business. So the more services they add to the bill, the more they get to code and ding. And my sister had made a comment because my sister went to this appointment with uh, our friend Anna and um was like oh so my sister was like oh i probably can't do this for you because i'm gonna go to the hospital with anna she's supposed to have her baby on wednesday because they're gonna induce her i'm like why the hell are they trying to induce her i don't know because she's geriatric and she's obese whoa 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 who in the fuck told her that she's geriatric well, the doctor, but is she healthy? Is the baby healthy? Well, yeah. So I get on the phone with um, Anna, give her this whole talk. And I said, if you need me to go to the doctor and give him a come to Jesus moment, I will go with you on Monday because she's got an appointment tomorrow at 9.30 and I will give that doctor a come to Jesus moment so he doesn't ever fucking do this to another woman again. You will not be going to that appointment on Wednesday to go have this baby induced. You set an appointment with God, your body and your baby and you ask them when this child is to come. And that's it. You listen to your body and you be discerning. This time that we're in right now and what we're talking about right now is you got to learn to be discerning and out of judgment and not let give your power away to other people, systems, structures, or nothing. We follow her medical law, not God, not man's law. 
I will break every rule on this planet. I don't care because God's going to guide me to where I need to be next. So I can evolve deeper into who I am. So I can dissolve into myself and become soil and grow and rebirth. And that is my legacy. That is my legacy to come back reborn and to dissolve into soil and to be everything. And she was so grateful for me, you know, just to remind her that I said, don't you dare let anybody take away the sacredness of what your body was innately here to do. Don't let anybody take the sacredness out of this childbirth and turn this into a business or, or anything. Don't you dare. And she's like, you know what? I'm going to take that with me, not only for this birth, but for the rest of my life. I really needed to hear that. We are sacred beings. We are sacred beings and we never, ever, ever should ever forget that. And that is how we become discerning. And the only way we can come into knowing that is not by writing that story and checking late all day long, how many people liked that? How many people commented on that? How many? No. How, how well do I feel peace in my heart today? That is the only question that we need to ask every single day. What peace am I feeling in my heart today? That is the only thing we're here on this planet to do. We only have one job. And we only have one employer. I love that. Thank you. Unapologetic is a word that came to me as I was creating a bigger body of work than this. But unapologetic is also that ownership of self. And ownership of self is ownership of thoughts, ownership of body, ownership of actions, ownership of choices. I know that for me, there was a lot of things that had to happen and it wasn't instantaneous. It was again and again and again and again. For the ladies who are listening, is there any, I don't want to say advice. Do you feel inspired to share anything with them to assist them in making taking greater ownership of self in a way to just get started. Mm -hmm. Embrace it all, the good, the bad, the ugly. Embrace it all, accept it all, allow it all. You know, you and I are very good friends. You see me when I'm just like in my lowest points you see me when I'm in my highest points. You see me through the tunnel, and then you see the insights that I get out of it. But you know me that I'm never a victim. Mm -hmm. You can attest to that. Yeah. And there are some times I'm in that tunnel, and I just can't see that light. But then that's why we have sisters. To remind us of that. I have a workshop that I've done over the years. It's the best-selling workshop, the best-selling talk I've ever done as a speaker. Um, it's very highly sought after. And you know what? I'll probably bring it back. I've been wanting to do a TED Talk for a long time. I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do the TED Talk on. And I, I always say this, and I was like, maybe it was right in front of my face. Um, but the, the workshop is what is love? And, uh, when every time I am out there announcing that I have it, it's, it's sold out instantly. Um, in the language, in language words, love is there's a hundred said to be 136 definitions of love, right? Oh man, I love having this conversation. Oh, I love this chocolate cake. Oh, I love my husband. Oh, I love those earrings. I love those boots. I love my kids. I love the sun. I love the beach. But every single one of those things are different. But we use the same word to describe all of that. 
So then, of course, when it comes to loving thyself, what does love mean? Because it's lost, it's it 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 has no meaning. Oh, I loved you, but I'm falling out of love with you, or I don't love you anymore. How can you love something and then not love something anymore? I mean, how was that love? So at one of the workshops, somebody had asked me, the very first workshop that I did on this, somebody asked me, all right, well, Mandolin, what is your definition of love? I said, to me, love has just one meaning. And I follow, you know, like unconditional love. And for me, the definition of love is holding someone to a higher standard than they normally would hold themselves. What else could love be? And there are times where I'm not loving myself. So then I turn to somebody who I know is going to be honest with me, who's going to hold me to a higher standard than I hold myself. And sometimes, Al, that's you. And I know Al's going to be honest with me. Right? What did you say to me when I was sitting in my car in Las Vegas? You said, gosh you create so much what did you you create so much uh what did you say you said i you create so much um the dichotomy in your life right now you didn't use the word dichotomy what did you say do you remember Probably chaos <laughs> you do you do you create shit shows of epic proportions at times and it's beautiful to witness <laughs> i know it's it's like I, I i do but i but that's the way my mind works I create like the most amazing things out of chaos. I'm really good at that. And that's but the female thing though, is we create out of chaos. We don't create out of order. And most women still don't get that. They want to live so fucking orderly and anal thinking that is how they create anything epic. When no, we create out of chaos. That's our gift. That's our feminine gift. Yeah. Well, basically, I was creating so much division in my life because I was saying I wanted this thing, but then I was acting in another way. So then that's why I was creating the chaos because there was two things that I want and I didn't know how to like blend them together. But at the moment, I was just like losing my mind. But I couldn't see it because I was like in the eye of the storm and I was just trying to come up for air. You know, and, and and sometimes, you know, the people that are in our lives or the situations that are having in our lives, they're not things that we necessarily want to see or hear. But it's in our judgment or interpretation of what that is going to look like the message that comes through. It's outside of our expectation is what creates the suffering. So if you want to remove the suffering from your life, you remove the judgment and the interpretation and the exception or the uh, expectation. And then you look at it from a sense of, oh, I'm going to accept this. Your The key to your liberation is your irritations. So I'm going to accept this irritation right now because a piece of me needs to be liberated. And that lean. Lean. is self-love. Yeah. You have to lean into your triggers. Like your triggers are all those little things that, that life gives you in the moment for healing. We don't have to go back to our childhood. Like life gives you everything right here, right now for you to heal and move forward. But what I'm finding is more and more people are leaning away from their triggers. They'll hear something and go, oh, fuck that. Like, don't like what that bitch is saying and turn their back instead of going, ooh, why, why am I being triggered by this? Let me lean into this trigger. And I think that's why we can own words again like lust and sex and pussy and all of these things which 
for the most part of my life, I was conditioned and brought up to be really triggered by them. There was a time in my life I couldn't even say the word God. I was so triggered oh. by it. Yep, same here. And then there was a time in my life where I was just like, all of these things are power leaks. Anytime a word is so triggering to me that I can't give myself permission to even say it, that's a power leak. And mm -hmm. I just got to a point where it was like, I'm going to stop the power leaks now and take every single word that I have made wrong to use and understand it's just a word. It's just a word and how I use it in the frequency of casting my spell of creation is what matters. So I can use any word because the intention and the frequency of the word in the way that I use it is ultimately what takes what matters to me and turns it into matter. But we have to be willing to lean into these things and we have to be willing to be in the space of somebody who cares enough to call us out on our shit, which again, society doesn't want at the moment. They're like, oh, you hurt my feelings. That's politically incorrect. You can't say that. And, then, and I'm like, bitch, please. I love you enough to go, seriously, Mandy, you're going to do that? Ser I mean, your choice. But seriously, is that your highest version self that's speaking right now? Or are you just being caught up in something? And then I leave you to make your choice. But yeah. I need to speak from love. You know, it was really funny because right after I had that conversation with the woman who, the, with the book publishing thing, and I was like, yeah, you're right. I don't want to work with anybody who's triggered by a freaking word. You know, it's like this life is just like I'm 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 only here. Like, you know, they say, you know, when you come here, there's a couple things you know. One of the things that you know is when you're gonna die. I've known from the day I was born how I'm gonna die. I've only got 92 years of life on this planet. And look, I'm not gonna spend my life being triggered by a freaking word. So, anyways, um, I after I had this this uh, a conversation with this woman, a friend of mine, um, he's someone who actually proposed to me a couple weeks ago, uh, wanted me to call him. All right, and he's like, you know, the shaman and doing like this deep spiritual work and da da da, da. and. Um, I get on the phone and I was like, man, I just had a strange conversation with this woman, you know, and then he says, well, why did you think that you needed to use the word lust for your event? I said, because God gave that to me. I don't create anything while I'm awake. I create while I'm asleep when my subtle bodies go off and God and my counsel, they tell me you go do this. And then I'm just a foot soldier out here doing what God said. My Dharma is all about sexuality to heal sexuality. That's why I know all the, the, the laws and everything around Tantra and nature. I live my life off of the laws of nature and Tantra because that is my Dharma. That is what I was born to do. God gave me the sexiness. God gave me the looks, not because I was born lucky. I don't even look like any of my parents. God gave me this because that's what I'm here to do. I was to heal that in here and exude that off to the world. God gave me the word lust and has me create this amazingly beautiful event around the world lust to heal the sexuality, which is the number one reason why the whole every problem on this planet is caused because of unhealed sexuality. So don't come at me. This is exactly what I said. Don't come at me and question why I used the word lust. Don't try and coach me around the word lust. 
And the only reason you're asking me that is because you haven't healed that in yourself and you're trying to make me question that in me. And because I'm a woman. And I said, there is not one person on the planet. I am going to dip down that energy, change the word because you feel triggered by it. God brought me into your life for a reason for you to see and become aware and awake. And you may not do that now, but let me know. Uh, let me tell you right now, I was the catalyst and now you're going to start to see. Do you not think that that woman that I met that's like, oh, I can't get behind this thing on suicide prevention when my husband committed suicide. Do you not think that she's not thinking about that every single day of her life since we had that conversation? I don't need a follow up. The rubber band's been expanded. It can't go back. One day it's going to snap. And usually the, the problem is, is we're only usually listening when we're on our knees begging for help. But no, the same energy and the same forces that are at play are there when we're happy too. They're never gone. But we're not listening when things are going right. We're only listening in the discomfort, which is why they're present, which is that's grace. So that's why I say embrace it all because you haven't been listening because things were going too good for you. You needed that loving two by four to come in and say, all right, this is where you're not showing yourself love. Now that you're unhealthy, now that you're going through this breakup, now that you lost your home, are you listening now? Because you weren't listening before. You weren't listening when I said, don't sign that, that mortgage because that agreement's not right. Oh my God, the society told me I needed this giant house. And now the bank is telling me all the ways I can afford this beautiful big house. And I just need to have this house so I can show everybody how amazing the house is. But there's this thing in the gut that says, no, you don't want this house. But oh my God, society told me I need to have it. And now that it's being taken away, oh, please, somebody help me save my house. But were you listening when I told you not to buy that house? So, and it's not from a punishment point of view either. It is from an expansion and loving point of view. And I think that this is something that for me is part of the new world consciousness is we're not being punished. We are being guided. And yes, sometimes that guidance feels like going through the birth canal, but we are still always moving forward. And we need to remove the judgment of, there's something wrong with me or I am bad or I fucked up and just kind of go, it's all moving me forward. And we really don't want the sunshine every day. Okay. I would love some fucking sunshine because I haven't had sunshine in a while in New Zealand. <laughs> but if it was 30 degrees every single day of the year, Guaranteed, I would bitch and moan and go, can we please just have some rain? Can we please just have some like cooler weather? Like, And that's life. Life is nature. It is the storm and the sunshine and the hurricane and the blizzards. It's, it's all of it. And for me, that is where unconditional love comes in. And, and one of the things that I wish more women could experience is what the two of us get to experience in our relationship. This is one of the very few places where I can be seen for all of me and everything that I'm going through, because we both know it's life. And that needs to be healed in womanhood is that trust needs to come back because women for the most part, I find more judgmental of women than what men are. And that's a deep seated wound that needs to be healed. And it oh. has to start with ourselves and appreciating all of life, the mess, the heartache, the joy, the orgasms, the building of a business, the failure of a business, the exquisite client, the nightmare client, like all of it. 
gets to be loved and brought to love from where we can actually start connecting again. If you were to, to ask me a month ago, I'd be like, oh, I don't care about judgment of others. And, you know, and, and people look at me because I am very confident. I really honestly don't give a shit about a lot of things. I really don't. Like, I, I you know, like, yeah, every once in a while I get kind of serious because I'm just kind of like, you know, when I get into like, when I'm in, especially when I'm in like, uh, uh, in a mode where I'm at right now, where I've got an event that I'm doing in two months and I'm like, I got to bring in all this money. But, um, but if you asked me a month ago or two months ago, I'm like, look, I really don't give a shit about what people think. So God said, Oh, really? <laughs> really? You don't care what people think about you? I'm like, no. Okay. Here comes this man in my life. And now I'm like, oh man, I find myself worried about what people, because he's older than me. He's little, like, and, and this is what life looks like. Again, it's going to sound stupid, but this is, this is what I need to heal in myself. He's older than me. And when we're out, um, it kind of, and I look very young for my age, right? I look about maybe 15, 20 years younger than I am. Um, so then when we're out, he looks like my sugar daddy. And so I'm constantly like, oh man, do people think that I don't take care of myself, that I need to have this man take care of me, that I need to have this man support me, that he's a sugar daddy, that he's this, that he's that. So then I find myself denying all the gifts and the abundance that he wants to give me or that I have to work for it instead of rather than just like sitting back and being a woman and receiving it because I don't want to be perceived as like this guy is just supporting me and I can't support myself and that I need somebody to take care of me because I'm too afraid of what other people might think when we're together. And then so now I find myself in constant worry of being judged when him and I have so much fun together. He's like, obviously he's super wealthy and he's got like, a wealth of knowledge when it comes to like history and politics and religion and spirituality and business, all the things that I love. And we just can talk forever on these topics. But here I am like, oh, are people think looking at me that I'm just like his sugar baby. And so guess what? I'm like, I'm not running. I would normally run from that. And go back to being, I'm going to go be this independent person and take care of myself because I'm afraid of what other people are judging me on based off of what it appears our relationship is. And, and I'm going to go ahead because of my own protection, deny some of the things that he wants to give me just so he knows that that's not the way I'm seeing him, even though he doesn't see it that way because it's my own projection and he's wondering why in the hell he can't just give to me even though that's the only thing that he wants to do but it's because i'm projecting these societal judgments that i'm fearing in myself which is preventing me from living a beautiful life which is creating chaos and not allowing me to have peace in my heart that's how life presents itself and we get to have it all we get to experience all of it and, and i'm going to finish on this and then we're going to wrap up because you and i can sit and talk all day here but you know our lives somehow always just work so beautifully alongside each other um mans and so we we started dating approximately at the same time and my man is actually younger than me 
And true as God, I have the exact opposite fear of judgment of, oh my God, what do people think going out with him? He's clearly younger than me and he's got really good boyish looks. And this weekend I was like, do I color my hair again? Like, Do I get rid of the gray? Because I know that will instantly make me look younger. And I was like, oh, shit, no. Because it took me such a long time to get to a space of embracing my hair and finally going, actually, if my body wants gray hair, then this is my time for gray hair. I'm not judging people for coloring their hair, right? This is like a completely personal thing for me. Are you judging me at all because I have 20 different hair colors in my oh, hair? Oh, kiss, girlfriend. Look at you. You're like a bloody peacock. What are you talking about? <laughs> but I had to catch myself because I had to grow into gray hair. And to kind of just be triggered and go, oh, my God, I'm dating a younger man. I can actually pull it off if I just go back to coloring all the gray out. I was like, holy shit still so perceptible to it it's like a constant work lady it's like please i think that's the message that we really want to give today it is a constant never-ending process as long as you are alive there is growth to happen there are deeper levels to go into enjoy the fucking journey because i think a lot of people get into the personal development space and they hate it because they had an expectation that once I learn something, I'm going to be jacked for the rest of my life and I'm never going to have to do this again. And it never happens. And then they get fed up with it and they get frustrated. And, they, and I'm like, it's a game we get to play. And in any game, there are times when you fall flat on your face in the mud and you get to laugh at yourself and get up and enjoy the rest of the game. Or you get to throw a fucking two-year-old little tantrum like a little bitch on the floor waiting for somebody else to pick you up. It's a choice. I just know, having done both, which one is more fun for me. And right now, I want to have fun with the rest of my years that's available because I understand the true gift every day is for me to be alive. So, two things. Where do people connect with you, Mans? You know, the best thing right now is probably Instagram. Um, I'm really not on Facebook much anymore, but you can connect with me on Facebook, but I don't, I don't really do Facebook anymore, but um, Instagram is probably the best. So it's just, everything is under my name, Mandela Moses. Uh, you can um, message me, direct message me um, on Insta. Um, that just seems to be where everybody's heading these days. And the book, tell them about the book. Tell them about the book that we are sharing with them today. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I do have a book. It's called From Fear to Freedom. Um, and if you like that book, I'll give you a, a free digital copy, copy of the book. And, you know, it's, it's, the book is amazing in the sense that, and it, this is a, actually the book is a really good summary of everything that we did here. I was asked to, I was curating an event and I was asked to write a book um, in promotion for this event, um, right? Uh, to tell my story. And so I was like, ah, oh, okay, well, sure, you know, I'll write this book. And I honestly truly thought, I was like, okay what are the bullet points I can share with people in this book to, to help people get from wherever they're at? I've, I've experienced a ton of adversity in my life, right? I, ha I had my child, my daughter at 14 years old, and I was in the Philippines writing this book, and I'm writing this book because I'm on this deadline. I had like a month to write this book, and I'm bawling my eyes out through the whole writing of this book. When I completed the book, I was like, oh my God, this book wasn't for others. This book was for me. This book was for me. I had to pour all of whatever I was holding on to in my body was poured into this book. And so the book was called, I named it From Fear to Freedom because the book was all the fears, everything. 
and it allowed me to be liberated. And everything that was written in that book that stamped on us when we're mo when we are 15 is how we are shaped, how we see the world. That's that that when we're 15 is how we see the world. So most of us have had a really traumatic or some kind of um, incident that happened around 14 and 15 that shaped how we see the world. And that's where the book was written from. And then it was like, no, we're done. So the book was written. And so that was the book. And so now I'm liberated from that. And so, yeah, so uh, that is, and the whole, the whole premise of the book was all around judgment. And I honestly, that epiphany didn't come to me until just right now when you brought that up. Um, so now is the time for me to actually be promoting it because I didn't promote it before because I was like, this book was for me. Yeah. I did sell copies of it, of course, but I didn't promote it. Oh, thank you so much. So, so yeah. That, so I'm going to yeah. put all the links of that in the description down below so people go and find Mandolin Moses on Instagram and grab a copy of her book from Fear to Freedom. As a virgin podcaster, Mand, thank you, thank you, thank you, darling. Like I said, we could go on for the whole day. like Probably um, for 48 hours straight. Probably for 48 hours straight. And I know that when we actually meet in person, that is what we will be doing. Copious amounts of things will be consumed at the same time. <laughs> but um, yes, thank you so much for being my first guest. What an amazing experience. I love you so much. Absolutely, right back at you. In closing, what is the thing that you take an unapologetic stand for in the world? Ooh, injustice. Hands down injustice. Don't you give your power away to anybody. You follow God's law. Man's law is just some construct of somebody else's um, um, agenda. Be a rebel. Break the rules. Because in God's eyes, you can do nothing wrong. You are divine perfection. Go be that. Yes. Amen to that, sister. And go do it messy and sexy. Ow! <laughs> and lustfully. <laughs> lustfully. Lustfully. Thank you, darling. Ladies, thank you so much for joining us. This has been an amazing conversation and we'll be back next week to chat to the next unapologetic woman in this world. Cheers. Cheers.